you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? <laughs> what up, <clears throat> Mike Reps? How you guys doing this week? I'm seeing what's good with y'all. Yeah. Hear how fucking, uh, fucking stupid I am over here with these monitors that are over a decade old? They kick in and out every now and then. It's interesting when I'm trying to write a verse. It's like, shit, where the fuck did the beat go? Which you just saw. Uh, Witnessed, you know, once again, this is the Ranchless fucking podcast. Welcome. Transmitting from the loft in Brooklyn. Been a lot of sirens the past few days around here, so uh, you might hear it. It's been a few weeks that I've been doing this and we haven't heard anything. But how the fuck y'all doing? How's everybody out there? I uh, I uh, drank a shot and then another shot just now and a, about a half of a PBR, so let's see how this goes. I'm just getting started. I just drank a fucking red eye as well. So, how you guys doing? How was your 4th of July this weekend? Or, that was a four-day weekend for us from work, which was fucking amazing. Shout out to the fucking Deutschers. I enjoyed that. That was great. Did anybody have a little too much fun? Anybody fucking JPP themselves this weekend and blow their fucking hand off with fireworks? I don't even think we lit off fireworks this weekend. This is the first time in years that that's happened, but, you know... It comes and it goes. I remember one time we were traveling through Ohio. My brother, uh, me, I think Valeri, and uh, Maticon, rest in peace, coming back from Scribble Jam. No, we were in Pennsylvania, and we stopped at one of those big uh, fireworks emporium type things. They got it's a fireworks warehouse. It's crazy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was insane. Like, I got a lot of fireworks from them, and those lasted for years, but we didn't, uh, we didn't do any this year, because I didn't chill on 4th of July, exactly. We chilled over the weekend, uh, Saturday I was at my man Enigma's Pig Roast, they always do it, it's an annual thing, anybody checking in, you know, next year it'll be going on again, I'm sure. This is the first year I was there for the right time, and ate the fucking pig, and, uh, did everything. I actually got a pretty funny video of Matt and uh, my boy, his roommate Pete, cutting up the fucking pig. But there's one really suspect part of it where Pete, like, takes a bite and then feeds Matt the same fucking piece. I'm like, come on, guys. What are you going? If that's what floats your boat, then, you know, fucking party on. So I saw a lot of friends there, old friends. We were partying. We were living it up. You know what I'm saying? 
it was a good time. Everybody was chilling. It was great. Peace to my man Otis. We were bugging for a while. Uh, peace to everybody that stepped up and came through. It was a good time. I fucking drank a whole bottle of Bullet Bourbon literally in three hours, I think. But I think I ate a lot or something because I wasn't even that fucked up. But it was a good time. And then uh, after me, uh, my lovely wife Brenda and Richie and Bello hit up a bar in Danbury. And then we took an Uber back to my parents' crib in Stanford. It was fun. It was a good time. Then, uh, the next day was fucking, uh, Brenda and me just chilling throughout the day, so we decided to go and play mini-golf, which I haven't played in fucking years, and I've been dying to, I'm just like, let's just do something else, it was sunny out, it was like, alright, we've done it, we did hikes, we went to the beach, we went to the pool, we did all that shit, let's do something different. So, we hit up the fucking mini-golf course at the beach in Norwalk, I forget what the fuck it's called. Sorry, guys. As I said about more of this motherfucking PBR. So, we do the mini golf course. It's 18 holes. It's pretty easy. It's not some fucking Happy Gilmore shit where they have, like, the clown blocking with the teeth and all that kind of shit. But I used to love those kind of places. Back in the day when I lived in Texas, actually, there was a spot called Putt-Putt. There was another spot called Mountasia. And they had those insane complex mini golf courses that were like, uh, I don't even, it was like an obstacle course mixed with a mini golf course. It was fucking dope. But um, Brenda actually got a hole in one on one of these motherfuckers. I ended up winning. I was a little more under par than her. But uh, I think the most she, strokes she took was like 10 probably on one of the holes. Uh, one of them, I, I maxed out on that one. One of them I took fucking 13 strokes of one hole. Which literally, that probably uh, fucking doubled my record of strokes in the bedroom, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, it was a good time. I definitely want to go. I want to go to a harder course. I want to see what the fuck is popping with uh, some more crazy mini golf spots. You know, I want to go to, I want to find a happy Gilmore spot and really wild out and see what the fuck is good. Which is coming in the near future. We'll see how that goes. So the weekend, besides that, what do we do? Then the, that night I got home back to my parents' crib and they cooked the, the 4th of July American feast straight up. It was fucking nuts. Fucking all beef hot dogs, cheeseburgers, hamburgers, fucking potato salad, coleslaw, fucking macaroni salad, uh, this fried chicken that my mom cooked. I don't know where the fuck that came from, but so that night I came back. I was drinking, but I was I what I wasn't even drinking that much at the moment. I drank maybe two makers neat and like one beer. But when we sat down to eat, I ate a hot dog. See, I always go through the fucking shit I eat on here. It's so stupid, but I guess that's a big part of my life. That's what of the main things I fucking care about. So, let's start for that Sunday evening shit. It went fucking hot dog, cheeseburger, two pieces of chicken, and then some kind of sides. I don't remember what they were. Maybe beans, baked beans, and fucking uh, macaroni salad or something, and coleslaw. I don't even know. I ate that plate like it was fucking nothing. Like I had never eaten a meal in my motherfucking life. And then, um... After that, I proceeded to eat uh, two or three more pieces of chicken, and then that was it for me that night. I passed out. I literally think I passed out. I was definitely out sleeping cold at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m., but it might have been uh, even earlier than that, and it wasn't even from alcohol. It was just a straight-up fucking food coma. All that food literally... Might as well, excuse me, might as well have been a motherfucking sleeping pill. You know what I'm saying? 
There was one other uh, odd coincidence uh, that happened this weekend that was um, possibly Twin Peaks-ish. I've never watched Twin Peaks, but I know everything about it. I can't wait to watch the whole thing, but I just started Better Call Saul. I'm going to get through that in the next month, month and a half. And then uh, after that, I'm going to do all the Twin Peaks shit. So... Anyway, this weekend, which this isn't the first time I saw this. The first time, this isn't the first time I saw this either, but it's been happening more recently. So uh, one day, maybe about uh, two or three weeks ago, I was driving in the truck for work. And it was the regular truck. It was before something happened that I didn't discuss on the podcast and I'm not going to get into. But anyway, I was driving the regular truck for my job and fucking I brought this one new guy with me. And we were driving, and we were driving down the BQE, going towards the Triborough Bridge where it kind of merges. And we saw a fucking uh, middle-aged guy smoking a cigar in a fucking convertible red car with a German Shepherd in the passenger seat. So literally, it looks like the fucking the, the fucking uh, you know the German Shepherd is just cruising with the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my that dude that I worked with that day, the new guy at fucking Doucher, he fucking um took his phone out and started taking pictures. I was like, shit. I, and I, wanted, I think he said that to me, but I don't even know if I saved it. I'm a fucking idiot. Regardless. So, this weekend I encountered this again, but it got a little weird. So, uh, we were driving through these back roads. Where were we? I think we were maybe coming back from mini golf or coming back from some weird place somewhere around Greenwich, Stanford, uh, where it crosses in, in North Stanford. So... This is how it went. Uh, Brendan and me are driving, chilling, and then we see another one, a guy with the fucking uh, red convertible, red drop top with the fucking German Shepherd again in the passenger seat of the car, right? So Brendan and me are driving, we're chilling, you know what I mean? No big deal. And uh, so, like, we see this guy, and Brendan's bugging, same thing as the last guy. She fucking starts taking pictures, like, it's funny, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. So this guy starts getting real fucking kind of weird with the dog, right? He starts petting him really closely. It starts getting almost borderline sensual and seductive, some kind of weird seduction. And I was like, okay, this is going to a, an odd place. But it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And then out of nowhere, we were on a road. We weren't even tailgating him whatsoever. We were about five fucking cars behind this fuck. And then he pulls to the side and then he waves us past. He waves us past and I pull by and I look at this guy. He looks exactly like Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch, the fucking movie director who did Ghost Dog and Coffee and Cigarettes and uh, a bunch of fucking movies that have Tom Waits and Iggy Pop and them and a lot of motherfuckers and uh, what's his name? Johnny Depp. Whatever. Dude looked exactly like Jim Jarmusch. So fucking, we pass by this fuck, and he just waves us past, he looks so fucking weird and cool, and like, the dog's just sitting there, so we pass by, needless to say, when I'm driving back and I look in my rear view mirror, I see the dog just slowly, slowly, just start bringing its head down, to, I, I don't know, I, I'm like, what the fuck is going, the fucking guy had fucking peanut butter in his glove box, this fucking weirdo, the head started slowly going and going and going down. It's just fucked up. Who does that? Like, it was just, god damn it, it was fucked up, guys. And I don't know what happened after that. I literally fucking buried the needle at that point, punched the fucking gas, and got out of there before it turned into fucking deliverance slash the hills have eyes mixed with fucking get out and the Stepford wives because we were in Greenwich slash Stanford. Uh, North Stanford, by the way. 
So, you know, that's that's some of the shit I've been seeing lately. I don't know I don't know what else has been going on. A couple of things. I'm still fucking uh, reeling and I'm still thinking about fucking Hawaii. Because it was really dope. I really didn't get this jet lag that everybody talks about so much if you come from there to here and everything like that. But uh, it wasn't bad, you know. Uh, JD just came back this week and he went to, uh, I think, Kauai, which is another one of the more remote islands. Which, when I go back there, because I swear to God I'm going back there within the next year and a half, two years, I'll be back there. And I want to go to a fucking... Um, one of the more remote spots, like, I, I, it's not really remote because it's huge, but I want to go to Big Island because I did hear that's one of the places that has an active volcano with uh, flowing lava, and actually, my cousin's girl that I met this weekend put me onto this. She was talking about, like, uh, when you're there, she went there. She went to Big Island. I think she went to uh, Maui. I don't know if she went to Honolulu and Waikiki, but... She went to Maui for sure, and she went to Big Island. And she said she was with a tour guide who grew up in the area near the fucking active volcano with the lava flowing. And he said, uh, humans, if you get a certain amount close to it, it's like you'll just naturally start walking backwards. It's just a natural reaction to it. And I was like, fucking natural reaction? Fuck that. I'll fucking jump in that shit, and as I'm fucking sinking, burning, I'll give you the thumbs up, you know? So, that's how I'll say goodbye. I'll go skinny dipping in that motherfucker. It ain't shit. <sighs> Somebody's got their beer muscles on. Wow. <clears throat> so, speaking of uh, jumping face first into molten lava or a fire pit, do you want to even talk about the New York Mets? They're fucking terrible. They're, uh, I think, 11 and a half games behind Washington Nationals, who I believe are first in the division, of course. Uh, the Mets, what are they? They're six or seven games under 500. They're fucking, yeah, the game last night got postponed because of rain that eventually it was in D.C. and then it eventually made it our way. So, I don't know what's going to happen with these guys. They're playing St. Louis tomorrow. DeGrom got skipped last night. So, I'm recording this on Thursday, as I always do. So, DeGrom got skipped last night, and now he's fucking, uh, he's gonna pitch tomorrow night in St. Louis. Let's say they sweep St. Louis, what, they'll be five games under, or something like that, and the Washington would have to lose every other game for it to mean anything. So, I mean, I really don't even fucking know, guys. I don't know what's gonna happen with this team. There's a lot of drama, there's a shitload of injuries, Supposedly Syndergaard's coming back. DeGrom has had this team on his back. You know, I mean, we've seen Rene Rivera. He's hit, but what's going on with him? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Are they bringing up Rosario? I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. I'll tell you this. Last weekend with the Mets, I watched the game on Friday night, just at the crib, chilling. And that was fun, and they won, and it was cool. It was dope. And then... There was a, another game I watched at my parents' house. I can't remember. They lost it, I believe. And fucking then I watched the game that was on 4th of July morning, which started at 11 a.m., which is kind of bizarre for a baseball game. But I guess they wanted to get people out of the city because of the fireworks and all that kind of shit. So I watched that game, and it ended up 11-3 or 11-4 Nationals. It was a fucking disgrace, and it's like... I don't believe in karma and good luck and all that destiny and all that. I believe in somewhat destiny still, but a lot of that shit I kind of denounced at this point. So, 
It's like, fuck it. But, um, you know, like, I feel like when I watch the games, I, it goes one for one always. Like, because with baseball, you don't have to sit and watch every fucking game. You can just read the box score. And I have the fucking at-bat app on my phone, so I just look at the who who did what in the game. Who hit, who hit a home run, who pitched a shutout, whatever. Whatever the case may be. But anyway, I would say the Mets, I, I wouldn't even want them to get in the fucking... Uh, I mean, of course you want them. I, don't, I wouldn't want it to be a wild card. I want something weird to happen where they they bounce back heavily. Who knows what's going to happen? Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? It, they're, I'm not, they're not going to make the playoffs at this moment on fucking uh, Thursday, July 6th. We'll see what happens in St. Louis this weekend. And then I don't fucking know. We'll see. Who gives a fuck? Hopefully they have a better season next year. So there's been all these motherfucking NBA trades. I know earlier today, uh, Carmelo Anthony touched down in Houston, and we got Chris Paul there as the point guard. I don't know what James Harden, I guess he is the point guard. He's going to play, like, all-purpose, which is, I guess, what he's always done anyway, or something like that. So, and then we got Hayward. Isn't he going to the Celtics? That was that was a big one. Uh, you know, what else do we got? Fucking, um... Uh, what other trade rumors? The big one is Mello in fucking Houston. We'll see what's good with that. Oh, Paul, since last time I talked to you, Paul George is in the fucking thunder now with Westbrook. They're going to... Okay, obviously the Warriors are the favorite to win the West, and they should be, and there's no fucking question about that, but that that team could be good. It could be, but I always predict weird shit, and it never fucking really happens, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing at the end of the day, so... Interesting. I really want to say one thing about Paul George. I think he's a stand-up guy because a lot of these fucking assholes, superstar, athlete, NBA players, they fucking drag it out and stretch it out when they're about to do free agency if they're going to sign with the team they're with or they're going to go to a different place. LeBron did this. Didn't Melo do this in fucking uh, uh, the Nuggets? Denver? Everybody fucking does it now. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, a bunch of fucking assholes. So I do commend uh, Paul George for telling the uh, Pacers he was leaving. And that's 100. Like, you don't see that. He's done a bunch of things that I like. I wish he would go to the Knicks. That'll never happen, though, because he actually wants to fucking win. So, you know, as I always move on, let's get into some a little bit of boxing shit real quick. Uh, in this past weekend, boxing was all over the news because that fucking uh, fight on ESPN. Uh, and I guess it was July 1st because it was Saturday. Uh, the Jeff Horn versus Pac-Man in motherfucking Brisbane, Australia, as they call it, the Battle of Brisbane. Now, okay, that night, I didn't get to watch the fight that night. I heard all the controversy and I blah, blah, blah. Heard it. I watched the undercard. I saw Shane Mosley's son. He fucking sucks. I'm sorry. He stinks. You know, I don't know. Fuck. I just, I can't, I hate to say that about somebody that did something, but shit. Didn't look good. So, anyway, the Jeff Horn versus Pacquiao fight, I'm going to tell you this right now. I thought it was a good fight. I think I would have gave it to Pacquiao if I gave it to anyone. But again, I'm one of these guys that I don't have a fucking problem with draws. Like, if you want to call it, you don't know, let's call it a fucking draw. We never see that. I don't. I, uh, in I don't know. I don't like draws in the NFL. You know what I mean. But um, I don't like uh, ties in the NFL or in whatever. I think college football. I don't really watch college football. But regardless, 
Uh, I would have probably gave it to Pacquiao because of how much he withstanded by the end of the fight, and he was and the horn was so worn out. But it was a, it was a good fight. Fuck that. I I don't know. A lot of people complain about boxing for a million reasons that are legitimate, and I agree. But uh, that was a good fight. I really don't want to take away from it. But uh, I didn't hear the uh, ESPN feed where it was Stephen A. I guess he went rambunctious. He got a little crazy, and then everybody went crazy in the media about Stephen A. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Stephen A. definitely is a good boxing fan, I'll say that, but he calling a fight, I mean, that that's tough. I don't know why they throw him in there because of the star power, I'd imagine. And I love Stephen A. I'm still watching First Take religiously. Actually, they've been off for the past week, and I would watch it still with Will and fucking... The shit with Will and John Sally was better than Stephen A. and Max, but that's a whole other podcast. But uh, Stephen A. went fucking nuts, I guess, at the end of the fight, and uh, I actually watched it just right before I got on the fucking mic with y'all, because fucking, uh, I watched it on the uh, the top-ranked pay-per-view Australian broadcast, and I listened to most of it, some of it I put music on, and then I listened to the ending, and then, you know, they definitely seemed that horn one, but I guess that's the Australian media, so if they should pick him, I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was very close. I probably would have edged Pacquiao because he had the belt. So you got to really beat him. And we saw this with the Ward and fucking uh, Kovalev, the first one. The second one, definitely Ward. You know, no question. But regardless, I don't know. It was a uh, it was a good fight. Stephen A. talked a lot of shit apparently, and then Al Bernstein, piece of Showtime boxing. He uh, went in on Stephen A. with a long article. I don't even know. It was a social media post. I don't even fucking know. But it was heavy, and it, a lot of it was true. I can't front. I love Al Bernstein. The, uh, in my opinion, I truly prefer the Showtime Boxing Cats to the uh, HBO crew. The HBO crew is great, too, but I do prefer the Showtime crew. Regardless of all that bullshit and that motherfucking drama... Uh, I don't know. I I would give it to Pac-Man, but uh, I think it's it could go either way. I'll say that. I, I, that's all I gotta say about it. But uh, before then, on Friday night, there was better fights. We saw the return of Julian Williams after getting knocked out by Jamal Charlo. Uh, what was his name? What was this bitch ass motherfucker's name? Um, uh, what was his name? Conley. Joshua Conley. What, what did he get stopped? I think it was stopped in like 10, 8 or 10. And Julian Williams was all business. I would have liked, I would have liked him to knock him out after what happened with Jamal Charles. I would have liked him to knock him out in like the third, by the fifth, six at most. But it went a little longer. Uh, I don't know. It was good. It was good. But uh, we'll see what happens with Julian Williams now. Repping Philly, J-Rock. Peace to him. But the main event that night, also the undercard that night had two prospects. One of them was from Toledo because the fight was in Toledo that night because it was Robert Easter Jr. shit. But um, the undercard was a really good fight. And I can't remember the two dudes' names because they were both prospects to some extent. And fucking, uh, that was a controversial decision. Like the other dude should have won, but the guy from Toledo won. And it might have been because they were in Toledo. I don't fucking know. But regardless, the main event that night was the Robert Easter Jr., who's 5'11", 135. He towers over a lot of these guys in that weight class. So that night he boxed uh, Dennis Shavikov. 
who came out guns blazing. Like, uh, it was really dope, actually. And uh, by the way, his trainer is fucking Abel Sanchez, who we know from GGG fame. So, what the fuck? Like, that, that, like, barely got talked about. It was weird. Like, and who was doing it? Austin Trout. I forgot the other. Uh, Austin Trout was the color. I forgot the play-by-play. But, it was, uh, you know, I don't know. That one could have gone either way. Definitely. I don't know. Robert Easter Jr., I think, at the end of the fight, it was similar to the Horn-Pacquiao shit because Horn was winning the beginning of the fight and then he kind of got worn out and Pacquiao came in because he's a veteran. Uh, it was similar in this because um, it was crazy because that guy, uh, Shavikov, is fucking uh, 5'5". And this motherfucker's 5'11". It was crazy seeing him fight. But he got in there and you could tell he's from the Abel Sanchez camp just by the way it went. So if you got time, check that out. It's definitely on YouTube. I watched the fucking Horn Pack, the Hornet versus Pac-Man fight on YouTube. One other thing about this boxing shit I wanted to bring up real quick was uh, the undercard for fucking um, Mikey Garcia versus Adrian Broner, which Mikey is the A card. He got the belt, so fuck it at one forty. So, um, but the undercard for this shit, I'm probably going to go to this. So if anybody listens to this and wants to go to a fight at Barclay Center, it's in Brooklyn. The undercard is insane. Jarrell Miller versus Gerald Washington. Okay, Jarrell Miller is a heavyweight from Brooklyn. He's fucking nice. I believe Ring has him at like 8 or 10, between 8 and 10 for the best heavyweight um, ranking. Gerald Washington, who lost to Deontay Wilder, but he was winning some of those rounds. He was, uh, I think he played at USC football. Uh, Jamel Herring versus Alejandro Luna. I'm not going to front. I'm not familiar with those two cats, but I'm going to fuck with it. Then Jamal Charlo after fresh off knocking out Julian Williams, where everyone picked Julian Williams. If you bet on in Vegas on Jamal Charlo in there, you probably made money. Fucking versus Jorge Highland. I'm not familiar with them. We also got Jared Hurd versus Austin Trout. Uh, peace to Austin Trout. I've been a fan of him for a while from Texas. I think he's from the Houston area. Seen him beat Cotto, lost to Canelo, but he's a good fighter, and he does some of this PBC commentary. Main event, of course, Mikey Garcia, Adrian Broner. It's uh, Barclay Center in Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure I'm going, so anyone listening to this, it's July 29th. If you want to join us, let's go. So the album I wanted to talk about this week real quick was uh, The Misfits, Walk Among Us. One of my favorites of all time. Uh, the Misfits are not only... I'd say this about The Misfits. They're in my top 10 to 5 of bands of all time, just rock bands. Punk bands are probably in my top 3. And this album... <clears throat> this is the album I grew up on. I got a cassette of this, Young. Uh, I don't even... It's weird with The Misfits, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> Since I was... fucking with music... Since I was nine years old. I was fucking with it at six, but since I got my own identity with it at about nine, I don't even know. Around, I don't even, I can't remember the time I first knew the, I knew the Crimson Ghost, of course, and the symbol. And I knew Danzig and I knew everything, but I really got into this band, I want to say when I was like 10. It must have been fifth grade, the first half of fifth grade in Texas. And uh, me and my friend, Peace to Jordan McCoy, uh, who else is around? Peace to Julian. 
a bunch of crazy motherfuckers, you know, and we fucked with this album like insane. It came out in 1982. It came out in March 1982. The reason I chose it today is it was a cloudy day in New York City, and the cover of the album is just like, it's a pink cloud. It's like a fucking cloudy, though, and it's got these two B-movies. It's like the Flying Saucers versus the Earth, and then it's like the Rat, Bat, Tarantula, Spider motherfucker. I can't remember exactly what it was right now, but it's, you know... This band definitely is up there for me because they fucking, uh, it's the first time that I really, really enjoyed incorporating the horror movie, the the genre of horror with the music, and we've seen it in rap with horrorcore, or just rapped it, referenced it, and fucking also, like, uh, we've seen it with White Zombie, we've seen it, I don't know, I would say predecessor to this, Alice Cooper, but... Uh, and some other bands, but I, The Misfits was the first time for me that I really noticed it, and it was weird B-movie shit. Like, that's that's what stood out to me about The Misfits Walk Among Us. And I don't even know how to go through these fucking records. Like, it's crazy. And I knew they recorded it originally for Plan 9, but I guess they redid it. The one that I... I, I got a cassette tape of it in, I think, 1993 or 4. And this album... I've been fucking with this since then. I don't even know. What is that? 24 years? It's 23 or 24 years ago, uh, and I'm still fucking with it like it's no tomorrow. And of course, we all know Danzig and the Misfits are famous for blending the rockabilly style with the fucking uh, punk rock. And, you know, I don't even know what to go through songs. I should tell you songs that I, I love, but I'm ju- they just don't speak to me as much. Would be Vampira, A Violent World, that's it. Every other record is a goddamn classic on this shit. 20 hours in my head. Turn into a Martian. All hell breaks loose. Nike, go, 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 go. Hey, Breeders. Of course, that's a piece to bellow. That's one of our records. Fucking, um, uh, The Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight Live. Night of Living Dead. Skull, everything. Night of Living Dead is the single from this, which is crazy. Like, I don't know. This band... Uh, like I said, it would be in my top five to ten of bands of all time. It would be in my top three punk bands of all time. And before this, I was fucking with shit like Sex Pistols and The Clash and Black Flag and Minor Threat even. But uh, I found this band and it really spoke to me. It was really fucking dope. Piece of the Misfits. So, one other thing I wanted to bring up, I... uh no movie this week. I watched a couple movies this week, which I do recommend, but I'm not going to get into them. Is one called Legend, where it's um, Tom Hardy playing two twins, the Cray brothers from England. They were involved with Mafia, Meyer Lansky, gangsters in uh, London. Very good film. I watched Get Out, finally. It's fantastic. It reminds me of an old Twilight Zone episode. I watched Triple Nine, which honestly was disappointing. Great film, great cinematography, great acting, great writing, except the ending was not good. And at that point, I would give it like a three out of five. But uh, the book I just finished this week, from uh, first published in 1973 by uh, your boy Mickey Spillane, who's a famous writer, famous crime writer. He's done a million books with uh, a lot of graphic violence and sex in it which we all love, but this one was called The Last Cop Out. He's more famous from his shit that came out between the late 50s, 60s. This is the early 70s. It's real grimy, and it does New York, Miami, Chicago, around those areas. I think they might go to... I, I won't, I, they, they, it was good. It's very good. It's about this cat, Gil Burke. Of course, it was the rogue cop, Maverick, 
who fucking, uh, you know, kicked off the force, but because he's a hard, he's a hard boil cop, you know, he knows the shit, he can be in the street and all that shit. He fucking, uh, you know, they hire him back because there's a gang war going on. I won't give up anything, but if you do, this shit, you know what's interesting about this book that I have right now? I bought this book for 50 fucking cents at a side store thrift shop. It wasn't even a thrift shop. It was some fucking dude selling books in the fucking corner and I don't even know, the Lower West Side, somewhere like that. I don't even know. It was somewhere in the city. But uh, great book. Great writing. It was very dense. This is 186 pages. I've read shit that's 400 pages that wasn't like that. Like, very dense. Many principal characters. Like, I prefer shit that's got about three to four, and you can work in that realm. This shit had, like, at least 12 to 13. That would be my only criticism of it. And some of it was hard to decipher. You had to reread because of, uh, they didn't, like, there'd be some snappy dialogue, which was fire. But they wouldn't uh, attribute it to whoever spoke it. So it was like, wow. But it was a great book. At the end, it all made sense at the end. I'll tell you that. And with certain books, you got to stay with it. Sometimes it's fucking crazy. You just got to keep going. Sometimes it's like, what the fuck? And it always pays off in the end. I'll say that. When you're reading a novel, some things might not make sense. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you keep reading and reading and reading. And it all balances out in the end. Peace, y'all. Talk to you next week.